We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. In the 2022 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Aiden Hutchison, defensive end, Michigan. Jared Goff winds up. Touchdown, Detroit. Josh Rowe. Here comes the blitz. Down the middle and on the fly. Jamison Williams, extra speed on the gas and gone. Touchdown. Yo, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Pride Podcast, episode 274 on the Blue Wire Network. I am your host, Tyler, joined by my two guys, as always, Mr. Malcolm Hart, Pierre, boys. I mean, I'm just used to it at this point. I thought I'd never say this as a Lions fan, but it's Victory Monday once again for the brand new Lions. How are we feeling, boys? I am feeling great. It, to me, it feels like like a nice little 90 degrees weather. Like I'm, I'm, I'm on vacation. I'm sitting on a beach. I'm sipping on some, you know, sipping on a drink. It feels good. You know what I mean? That, that's how I feel. That Malcolm, how do you feel? Woo! What is going on, guys? Yo, it's Victory Monday, but it's, it's, it's feeling a little different right now. Right now, I'm honestly feeling like... Apart from like the players right now, you know how Aaron Glenn said in the um, Cardinals, yeah. where he said that he wanted us to get that feeling back where we expect to win. That's how I feel right now. I'm, I expected us to win, and I just feel like we're, we were going to win, and that's how I feel right now. And I just, I'm excited that we're this, in this winning mode right now. We're in this winning streak, but I'm just like, you know what? Th- that was a win that we're supposed to get. Let's, let's go on to the next one. Let's go. Yeah, and, and, you know, this team has obviously embodied that. And since the Aubrey Pleasant firing and, and the Hawkinson trade, I don't want to put this on Hawkinson because I don't really think it's on Hawkinson. I think really the big move was Aubrey Pleasant. And since they moved on from him, I mean, this team has just taken a whole different identity. And they have now won six out of their last seven games. I've had a magical turnaround and right now are on 
pace or have a goal right now to make the playoffs, which would be the only team in the NFL history since 1970 to make the NFL playoffs. It's a one and six start. I mean, that's monumental right there. If the Lions could pull this off and, you know, you look at the schedule, you look at what they need to happen. Everything's playing out for the cards right now for the Detroit Lions or actually the brand new Lions. And obviously they have to complete the job. It's a week by week game right now, but Man, I mean, it's just been unbelievable the turnaround this season has been for these for these Lions, man. Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, I, I said this the other day on the spaces, right? Like, they're one and six. If you told me how they're one and six, they'll be one and seven. I'd be like, bro, put down that Kool-Aid. You sound stupid. You sound dumb. Whatever, you know? <laughs> Shit. I mean, they're they're freaking seven and seven. That's I, I I don't think we saw this when they were one and six. Like if we're being honest, all three of us were like, "Shit, man, like fuck." The, one of those years again, right? Yeah. No, it's not one of those years again. No, Campbell's like, no, it's not. We're gonna fix this shit. We're gonna fix this defense. We're gonna take care of the football and offense. We're gonna play really good on both sides of the ball. Our special teams gonna ball out as well. Now look, they're playing complimentary football in all three phases: special teams, defense, and offense. When one is down, the other one picks it up. That's what that's what great football teams do. Not good. Great football teams do that. You find more than one way to win, and they've been doing that. Hundred percent, man. I think I think the whole key to all of this right now is Aaron Glenn. Aaron Glenn, um, yeah, he, he, the, the the fact that he got our defense playing good football, as hard as he started in the beginning of the season, he got us playing good football, and once that happened. The offense, I, I mean, I had faith in our offense. I never lost confidence in our offense. The only reason why I didn't think that we were going to, you know, maybe go through the stretch, because I thought our defense wasn't going to be able to improve as much as they have been able to improve. This has been, it's been a complete turnaround as far as the defense. Now, I mean, the passing defense is not as great, the passing defense. But the way they're stopping the run right now, I would say that I, I think they're top 10 right now. The top five probably in stopping the run right now. What they did the last 10 weeks, I mean, not 10 weeks, since, since week 10 to now, I think if you just average those numbers out, I think they're in the top 10. That's far as what they, what they would do to these running backs. And it's just a, a remarkable turnaround, what they did. I mean, I'm excited, man. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to start with Aaron Glenn and you have to start with the praise there, definitely, because that has been the turnaround. That's what kept the season alive, because like you said, the offense has never really been the problem. Did they go through a little uh, rough patch with the offense for a couple of weeks? Yeah, they did. You know, they had some injuries and Goff wasn't playing the best ball at one point. So there was a rough patch for the offense, uh, you know, that you know beginning to middle of the season right there, right? But the defense was just historically, I mean, it was on pace to be the worst defense in NFL history and it didn't really matter what this offense was doing they could score 45 points and still lose a football game and in fact they did that you know they scored 45 points against the Seattle Seahawks and lost that football game they were historically terrible very very bad and you know it sensed the Aubrey Pleasant fire and it's like was that the reason why this turned around? It's like, I don't think it's a coincidence. I don't think it's a coincidence. And you could say that wasn't the reason why the defense has switched around. You know, players are obviously playing better. But 
I, I don't know. It, it kind of felt like last year to a certain degree when they got rid of Anthony Lynn or at least demoted Anthony Lynn and they you know, had Dan Campbell and Ben Johnson start taking over more of the offense. You saw that turnaround because that Lions offense was putrid last year in the beginning of the year with Anthony Lynn. Then they had the turnaround once they demoted his role. And then you kind of saw it this year too with Campbell getting rid of Aubrey Pleasant. The defense just completely took a whole new mold to this identity and they've been really – yeah, I'm not gonna say they're great, but they've been good. You know, they've been more than serviceable. You know, they've been, they've been a complete turnaround from what we saw in the beginning of the year, and that's all we asked out of this defense all year. Just be average, be like top twenty. That's all we needed out of this defense, and that's exactly what they have done in the last, uh, you know, since week ten, like you mentioned. You know, I think another thing too where we have AG credit is he went to last year's film and said what worked, and in the running game, they went back to their two gapping scheme they did last year. Right. And obviously you saw you saw the difference and you seeing the linebackers now. I mean, Alex Anzalone is arguably the past five weeks, one of the best linebackers in the NFL playing like one of the best linebackers. And if you don't believe me, go turn on the tape. This kid gets some hate. Sometimes he gets some hate or whatnot. He hasn't played like an average linebacker. He's played like one of the best linebackers in the league the past few weeks. He is balling in the running game and the passing game. He is playing great football. That's my guy Thor. I, I That's like that. my guy Thor. <laughs> Boom. I mean, yeah, man. Oh, yeah, you, man. You see it like three. You see it like two, three times a game when he's slamming the hammer. <laughs> um, that's when you know that he's making the plays. Um, you, you can just tell what he's doing, man. I think last week we had five pressures. I mean, they're they're setting him on blitzes, and he actually he's he's doing a good job creating these pressures, man. And, and he's actually making plays. Um, uh, he. he I mean, he's definitely a guy that, that that's coming around, man. Yesterday, in the, like I think he blew up like three or four play. I don't even know exactly how many plays he blew up, but it seems like he was in on almost every running play. Him and Hutch, they they yeah. were monsters against the like Hutch was unblockable yesterday against the run. He was destroying every play. How many? I think he had like what was it two tackles for a loss or something like that. I forgot. Yeah, you know, so something I like about this defense and defensive line especially is like when we talk about these matchups in our pregame show, we do with the matchups like this is a weak offensive line. They have some weakness here. Whenever we say that now, like you actually see that come truth on Sunday. Like you actually see them take advantage of those weaknesses, and like that's what good NFL teams do. It didn't matter how many times we said it in 2020. It didn't matter how many times we said it in 2019 or 2018. All these weaknesses, we could we could speak them. We could tell you what the weaknesses were, but the lines would never exploit those weaknesses, and they would never test those weaknesses, or they would never take advantage of those weaknesses. With this football team this year, you didn't have that in the beginning of the year, but recently you have had that, and that's what has changed this this season, and it's kept this season alive and has given you a chance now in late December – playing for meaningful football, playing for an opportunity to play for the playoffs right now, playing for an opportunity to be the hottest team to enter the playoffs and maybe even make some noise at that point. I mean, that's a very exciting thing. And that's what good coaching staffs do is take advantage of the weaknesses. And that's exactly what they did in this Jets game. We saw the Jets didn't have a great offensive line and every one of our defensive linemen ate in some aspect. John Kaminsky, Romeo Quara, Aiden Hutchinson, James Houston, just give him another sack because he, he's just been that good. And, you know, the whole defensive line, interior guys, Bugs, Lee McNeil, like they're all playing really well right now and they took advantage of that matchup versus the Jets. And like I said, that's just what good football teams do and that's what you want to see. When you have those matchups, take advantage of them and that's what the Lions have been doing and th- th- that, like I said, that's a product of good football. Yeah, I mean, this... Uh, 
I was gonna say, man, this this edge rushing edge rushers that we have, we're we're so deep there. And I think you know who's benefiting most about this, who's loving this the most? Romeo Cor. Because Romeo Cor is coming in there, he's like, wait, wait, wait a minute. I'm not getting double teamed. <laughs> wait, he's like, he's like, wait a minute, they're doubling Hutch over there? They're not double teaming me. Like, remember when he was getting the, the 10 sack seasons and he was by himself? Yeah. Him and Devon Kennard. And he was getting double teamed like there near every single play. He's coming in like now, like, whoa, wait. I'm not getting double teamed. Football's easy now, huh? Football is easy. Let me just go out there and wreak havoc. We're out there limited snaps, two sacks. I mean, we're just so deep there, man. And I, I think you brought this up in the last episode when we were live that we just get that one interior guy. If we get one, like, we have some dogs right there in the interior right now. They're good rotational pieces. But we get, like, a beast in that interior line. Look out. Yeah, especially a guy who can get to the quarterback. Because the guys we have right now, I mean, Bugs and McNeil, they do a good job in the run department, but they're not the greatest as far as getting passers. They're nose tackles, right? Like, that's their roles. And I think once we are able to figure that out, like three tech out in the system, whether that's in the system right now with potentially Levi and Zerika, or if they can figure that out in the offseason with another draft pick, whatever, or for whoever it is, right? Um, that they could take this defensive line to a whole different level. And it's already really good. And you have so much depth at that edge position right now, which is good. And you got a lot of guys that are versatile as well. You know, we see that they move all these guys around. Like Hutchinson will go inside on third downs. We'll see John Kaminsky play inside a lot. Pascal. They have these guys, yeah, Pascal. You have a lot of these guys that are uh, very versatile as well, which is nice. You could have those certain formations where you could change it up. And I, I love, like – all these different formations that they're running on the defensive line. Sometimes you see James Houston. Sometimes you see Hutchinson inside with him. And then, like, third down, he put all these edge rushers on there. Like, it's – Eric Blood's definitely having fun right now with all these edge rushers. It's like, okay, now I'm adding Romeo Card to the equation, who was just a 10-sack guy two years ago. Like, that's a huge addition, right? And you're, you're easing him slowly back into this defense. And like you said, versus that Jets game, has a big opportunity, makes two big plays. One on the last drive versus the Jets where, you know, they have an opportunity to tie the game or win the game. And Romeo Quar gets a huge sack in that that last possession. Yeah. Um, like, Hutch didn't have a sack, but like, like I said, it was a monster running game. And him and, uh, what's his face, Angeloni both had a tackle for a loss. I believe Deshaun Elliott had a tackle for a loss. Um, they, bro, the run defense has greatly improved. And it doesn't matter who the hell they're playing against. I mean, we saw the Giants, oh, one of the best rushing attacks. We held Saquon Barkley to nothing. You saw Dalvin Cook, what he did to the Colts, right? Colts. We yeah. like He didn't do shit against us, respectfully, right? I mean, you saw Donovan Knight, Bam Knight, they call him whatever. That's a cute name. He's balling out these past few weeks. He didn't do nothing against the Lions. You know what I mean? Like, the deep, the run defense is fixed. We could finally yeah. say it's fixed. Now, we'll right see how they look against running quarterbacks, but shit, it's fixed with no, the running backs. No, 100%. You're 100% right. This run defense is fixed. I just got a, uh, I just got a big laugh out of something just now, okay, guys? And I'm going to tell you why. I just looked at something, and it made me laugh, okay? So I looked at this game, and we had a total of 25 pressures, which I was like, wow, that's phenomenal. You know, we had 25 pressures. And then, you know what, I, I'm on, you know, PFF, and I was like, you know what, let me just go to 2020. Let me just pick a random game. Let me just see, like, how many pressures we'll get in a game. You probably the Panthers game. I I ran, no, I actually randomly went to 2020, week 15, against Tennessee Titans, Lions Titans. Can anybody guess how many pressures we had that game? 
I know Romeo oh. got a sack. He had a safety in that game. I'm going to say five. No. I mean, if you're if we're talking about this and comparing it, it's going to be pretty low. Um, I know Romeo got a sack in that game. It was a safety. So I'm going to say I'll go, I'll, I'll one up here. I'll go six. You are correct, bro. Six? Six pressures. How many, how many did Romeo get in that game? Romeo had three. Three. I was going to say he had to have at least half of those ones because I can't even think of the other ones. He, said, yeah, he, he, he had half of them. Yeah, so I couldn't even think of the other guys who got like guys, in the back. That's how pathetic. That's how pathetic we were in generating pressures. Now, when I, that's why when I say we generated 25 total pressures in the game, you might probably don't look at that number like, okay, that's okay. But guys, we were getting five pressures a game, six pressures a game, seven pressures, four pressures. There were some games that we didn't pressure the goddamn quarterback. <laughs> Just to be honest, there were some games that they, they, they had zero pressures, guys. So now that we have 25 pressures, and this is the same thing last week. Last, last week, I think we had 23 pressures. So this defense, Aaron Glenn, this whole staff, man, I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, that's what you want to see. It's like we know the talent wasn't great coming into the year. And, you know, when they were on that rough stretch, even me and Malcolm were talking about the pregame show, we were really questioning the talent at one point. But I, I think we knew the talent was all right. Like we knew like they had some guys, but like you just didn't see it in that in that stretch of games where it was historically on pace to be the worst defense in NFL history. Now you're seeing some cornerstone pieces in this future. And I can confidently say – this defense still could get a lot better as far as talent. I mean, you still have all these picks in the offseason. You still have that Rams pick, which right now we're recording on Monday night. They can kill by the Packers, so that looks like that pick's going to be pretty good. Um, that, that's that, 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 that's going to be on pace to be a top-five pick right now, so you can get a defensive stud there. You're going to still have your pick, which is you know a top-20 pick potentially, unless the Lions go crazy in the playoffs, because we're making the playoffs, right? Unless the Lions go crazy in the playoffs, and you know we'll see whatever, that, whatever happens there, right? So you're going to have two first-round picks, two second-round picks. So four picks in the top 60, that's a lot of like NFL talent right away. Plus having a boatload of cap to go address that in potential trades, free agency. Like You can go address that defense. And, and let me tell you something, man. Detroit may be a very attractive place because a lot of people is taking notice of what the staff is doing. I think Detroit Lions could be a very attractive place for free agents, man. Yeah, no. people are gonna want to. People are gonna want to come and play for Dan Campbell and his staff, man. For sure, and even if it's a one year deal, it's like okay, let me go to Detroit, let me go ball out, and let me go get paid the next year. You know, absolutely, man, absolutely. We see Frisians do that all the time. If it's like, you know, you're San Francisco, for example, they're known to have a great, uh, you know, running scheme. You're gonna, If you're a running back, you, you dream to go to San Francisco, play there and get opportunity. People are going to look at that Lions, too. They're like, oh, you have an opening at corner? Let me go ball out for a year and then, you know, let me go get a big payday. Like, I, that's what people are going to look at the Detroit Lions. That's going to be the type of foundation that they're going to be building right now. Like, you have a foundation that people are going to want to play for you. And they might want to stick around long term with you, but at the very least, you're gonna have players that want to play for you at least for one year, which is absolutely, you know, which is which is really good, man. You can always have talent coming in. Yeah, for sure, I agree with that. And you might even have players take pay cuts uh, to a certain degree, like for a year. Like if it's a one year deal, they're like, okay, I'll take a couple million less to play for the Lions, and you know, I could ball out and get that big payday next year. Yeah, because I, I think 
you know, I think it's something that, you know, they know about the Detroit Lions. They know the Lions' history. They know we haven't won any much playoff game. They know we haven't had any Super Bowl success. So this is something that will be special for a team to get there first. And I think the players know that. And, I, I, yeah, I think it's going to be a very attractive. And we have the money to spend. Yeah, I think we're going to get some. I think this next year is going to be the, the, the actual year where we're going to really, really, really get time. Yeah, I, I think, you know, especially, too, we have all those draft picks. You could maybe see what do something like the Chargers did last year. Like, there's a Khalil Mack available. Trade a second-round pick to go get that guy. Like, I'm not saying Khalil Mack, but, like, you know, example. Like, a, a dog player hits the market. You yeah. have these picks to play around with, too, if you want to go trade for a veteran and, and, and get a guy who's been established. And they're not scared. They try to trade for Debo before they trade up for JMO. Like if they feel yep. like the right veteran is there, they'll they'll trade their picks for that veteran. Like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and you know when you have all these players, well, all these picks to mess around with, it's not bad. I know we all love to get young players in, but you already have so much young talent. It's like, okay, why don't we just go get a proven guy? Let's go get a proven dog, and maybe they could do that now because they have four picks in the top sixty next year. So. They, yeah. they have that leverage if they want to do it. They have the right players available. Don't be shocked if Brett Holmes pulls the trigger. Hey, Prior Podcast listeners. It's your boy Malcolm here. And if you're a sports better like me, let me tell you about Oz Traders. Oz Traders is a place to compare all odds from all major sports books. You can also compare the different sign-up codes and promotional codes from different sports books to get the best deal. This app also provides player stats, key game stats, injury reports, projected game day weather so the bettors can make the most informed bets as possible. This app also has bet trackers so bettors can keep records of all their games and betting activity. Looking to maximize your bets? Go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Again, that's O-D-D-S-T-R-A-D-E-R.com slash bluewire. Oddstraders. The number one site for your game day bets. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
Hey, let's talk about this defense in this game versus the Jets. You know, it, it was it was impressive as far as we talk about the front seven, but I think we have to address the past, you know, the corners, you know, the, the corners had a rough game. It was a rough game for them outside of Jerry Jacobs. Jeff Okuda, not a great game for him. Will Harris, not a great game for him. Sneaky, Deshaun Elliott, so, Kirby, I mean, yeah, not a great game for them. I, I think what it was is they're used to playing a so much man, and yesterday they played lots of zone, and I think Malcolm Malcolm probably saw that. Malcolm, they played more zone yesterday than man, right? That's what it looked like, at least to me. And I, I, think, I didn't rewatch. I, I didn't rewatch the game, bro. I'm not gonna lie to you, man. But Usually, just, yeah, we watch the game to see like what, what, like what they're usually in. I can't. Even, I can't even lie to you, man. I, I didn't. I didn't know this, man. I think they they probably try to mix it up. Yeah. Um. But like the plays, like they got beat on. It was a lot of a lot of zone. It was zone. So like that touchdown he threw to the tight end. Yeah. That was zone. But what I was more concerned with is just the. It's just when the ball's in the air, man. I think they got to get a lot better because, you know, there was a play where Sean, Sean Elliott, you know. That was pitiful. Zach Wilson pretty much threw a duck. He pretty much gave Detroit Lions a gift. And he threw a duck in the air. And all all, all Deshaun Elliott had to do was play the ball. You know, he plays a receiver and falls on the ground. Looks like he's tackling him. And then the running back just jumps up and plays the ball. And then you see that coming with our corners. You know, who's Mario Warrior. Uh, not Mario. Uh, Jeff Okuda. You know, they throw the ball downfield, they get lost when the ball's in the air. They just gotta, they, they have to get better at playing the ball when the ball's in the air, man. Because Jeff Fakuda, like I, like I was telling in the last episode, all his PBUs that I've seen been been between five and ten yards. All his PBUs. I haven't seen him getting a PBU over twenty yards. So I mean, when they when they when the teams are taking deep shots at him, you gotta play the ball, man. You have, they gotta be better. Get, they gotta get better at that. And I'm not gonna say. Um, you replace Jeff or anything like that. I think Jeff could be better. He just needs to get better. Um, I mean, that's the only thing, man. I don't know. I don't even know about Will Harris, man. I, 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 have, no answer. I have no answer for Will Harris. I mean, like, I, I think no with, with Jeff, too, like, people forget, too, and we talk about this is basically like his second year in the league, right? He's still no, learning. Man, I can't, I can't, I can't use that as an excuse no more, man. I, I don't care if it's second It's true, though. He's because, only started because, like 18 or 19 Sauce games Gardner, in his career. Sauce Gardner is year one, and he's balling out. Man, but, can say, but Sauce Gardner, say, year one, though. Has a pass rush? He has a pass rush? We have a pass rush, too. But but to I be mean, fair, though, Sauce also, like, didn't necessarily deal with all these injuries. Like, you know what I mean? I mean I'll, like, give, I'll, I'll give you an example right now on the team. Jerry Jacobs. Yes. What's, 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 what's the difference? Jerry Jacobs, undrafted. How many – he's taking, taking less snaps than Jeff Okuda. And he's playing coverage-wise. He's a far better covered corner than Jeff Okuda. Jeff Okuda is a great – like, and this is – I'm not saying he's a scrub. I'm not saying he's a bad player because he's a, great, he's a phenomenal tackler. He plays a ball when, when he's in the box. He knows how to make great tackles. But – when the ball's in the air, shit. I mean, I don't know. You just got to get better. Yeah, I it mean, just, it, no more. There's actually no more excuses with Jeff Okuda, man. All this, he's injured. He was injured. They, they're basically year one. We don't have a pass. We have a pass. We're in December at this, this point. You know, like you could use yeah. that excuse in September, maybe for the first couple of weeks. But you know, now we're in December. We're playing meaningful football. And Jerry Jacobs, the guy, just came off a big injury, and he was a rough a couple of weeks. He gave him the pass. He improved. A major improvement, uh, honestly, right. since the Giants game. And, and and like I like I told you guys earlier, that play that he made on Thielen, that was a good um, play. Jerry, Jerry Jacobs, when he broke play. up that play. I don't see any corner on that team, on our team, 
making that play. So if that was if that was Jeff Okuda, that would have been easily a pass interference or a touchdown. 100%. 100% that would have been a pass interference or a touchdown. Because right. Jeff Okuda doesn't play the ball well when the ball is in the air, man. That's, he just has to get better at that. But yeah. Jerry Jacobs does it, man. I think Jerry Jacobs is a solid starting number two corner in the league. Solid. Solid number two corner. And I, I like what he's doing, man. So, Malcolm, I'm going to ask you the question. You know, I think this is the big debate. And people with the draft label that Jeff Kuda was is, I, I think people always put him in that category. He's going to be your CB1 in the future, right? He's always going to be CB1. Do you still see that with Jeff Okuda, even with these ball skill problems? Let me tell you something. If we draft Joey Porter Jr., if we draft Joey Porter Jr., I am transitioning Jeff Okuda to safety instantly. And I'm having Jerry Porter, and I'm having um, Jerry Jacobs in my corners. And then I'll have, what's it called, take um, Elliot Sean Scott. Ellis role. Yeah, what, Elliot Spott. What, 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 what about when you get Tracy Walker back? Oh, yeah, you get Tracy Walker back. That, that's going to be a thing too, man. I don't know. Maybe play try to play a three-safety type system. I don't, I don't know. But uh, Okay, I'll ask you another question. We have all these guys that are going to be due for contracts soon. And Jeff Okuda is also in that conversation as well. Like, do you give him a contract or not? You know, we have Jonah. You're going to have Sewell eventually. You're going to have Sam Brown. Swift's in that conversation. Like, you have a multiple pressure of guys that you're going to have to give an extension to. And me and Pierre talk about this all the time. You can't pay every single guy. Yeah. Is Jeff Okuda one of those priorities for you right now? I already know where this is going, man. He will have to have a major improvement. Or, or if not, if he doesn't have a major improvement, then you got to do exactly what we did to TJ Hawkins. Because you can't rely to him, you can't rely him to be a CB1 if he's not playing like a CB1. So, I mean, I don't know, man. Because he had his, his moments where he's good in coverage where they're not throwing the ball, but it's like, what happened like they start teams like, all right, they turn on the tape, they're like, all right, he's not covering the ball when, he's not he's not playing the ball well when the ball is, when we're throwing deep balls. Let's just keep throwing deep balls all day. I'll I mean, like, to see what happens. Because it's not like he's had like a really bad year. He had a rough game yesterday, but I feel like he could bounce back too. Like I'm not worried about like I don't think it's gonna be like Amani type of like you know. I think he's gonna bounce back versus Carolina no, personally. I, no, no. Okay, let me reemphasize this for people that like maybe are listening to this the wrong way. The way I'm talking about it is like right now, I think we could all agree Jeff has not played to a CB1 ability right now, like a true CB1. All I year, think he right? has like, at times this year. At times he has, but at times he has. No, uh, I don't know, man. Because it's, yeah, you can say they're not throwing the ball to his side. That's great. But when they are throwing the ball to his side, what is he doing? Yeah, it's not like Sauce Gardner. Like, he doesn't get targeted, but when he does get targeted, Sauce Gardner's in a lot of He makes him pay. He makes, makes him, him pay. pay. But Jeff Akuda, yeah, you're right. Like, they do target his side. <laughs> they usually <Yeah>. catch it. <laughs> it's like, I mean, like, it could get really bad because who was the guy that he was pretty much destroying Jeff Okuda. Yes, it's Smith. Who, Jeff who, Smith. Who? And how about, how about versus Jacksonville? Even Zay Jones. I know Zay Jones had three drops, but Zay he Jones was... Three drop. yeah. yeah, but they were wide open. Yeah, they were all on Jeff. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, man. This thing, I'm not out on Jeff. I just think he has to play better, man. He has to just... He has to show major improvement because, Pierre, w- would you pay him to be, like, CB1 money? Like, what are you talking, like, 20 mil a year or something like that? CB1 money. Would you pay Jeff Okuda CB1 money? Not right now, no. But, like, we still have the fifth-year option that's probably going to get picked up, and then we'll see what happens. Yeah. So yeah. He has to show major improvement. I mean, for me, he has to show major improvement. I, th- I, think not, he I, will. I think he will. I have confidence in him. 
I still think yeah. he could be a great cornerback in this league. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. I mean, he, he he has to work on the coverage, though. That That's the big thing right now for him. He has every other tray in the book finding, if, you, if you're looking the, in the corner. He'll work. Guarding the ball was in the air. That's all I, that's all I need from Jeff. If he, if he could fix that and not lose the ball when it's in the air, I think he has some, he has the traits to be great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to give up on the guy, bro. I still like him a lot. I mean, I no, just no, think no, he's no, had a rough few games. No, I'm just saying personally, like me, I still think he could be a great player in this league. He just needs to play better, man. I, I just don't that, right. He knows that too. I'm sure he knows that. And I, I just don't know right now if he's one of those top priorities like a Jonah Jackson or a Panay Sewell or even Amon Ross St. Brown. I don't think right, he's that right, 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 now. right, right now, absolutely not. Yeah. Because like say for example, just say this if this was his contract year. If this was his contract year this year, you let him you either trade him or let him walk. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah, because, I mean, what's the point of paying him CB1 money when he's not CB1? Or he takes a one-year prove-it deal or something like that. Yeah. But I want to see what they how they handle it. Because in the, in, in the draft, if they get a guy like Joey Porter Jr., man, shit. <laughs> I don't know. At that point, what do you do? I mean, you just let either Jeff and you let them all through and battle it out and see what happens? Probably. Yeah. You, give them all Probably. A fair, you give them all a fair shot where there's no favoritism. No bias, oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, no bias opinion or nothing that I'm all battled out because if that happens, you can see Jeff Kuda's all man out. Because right now, Jerry Jacobs is better than Jeff Kuda. I mean, is it the odd? Because, like, let's say they do draft Jerry Porter, but then, like, let's say they maybe decide to shift Jerry inside, for example, right? I mean, they said he, they want to do this year with him, but he's just been balling on the outside. And they don't really have, like, another outside corner, to be honest. Like, that's that good. So, what are they like? All right, Jeff, Joey, and Jeff. All I mean, you are starters, let's see what happens. Jeff, Jay. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> for, 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 forget next year. Just talk about now. Like, I think if you went by that strategy, I, I would say Jerry and Mike would be a better duo right now. Like, I mean, Mike Hughes at the outside, Jerry in the nickel. If, if they thought Jerry was a good nickel corner. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I think he'll stay on the outside, but we'll see what they do. Like, I'm just, yeah. I was just throwing that scenario out there. I don't know. Yeah. Long story short, Jeff, just play better, please. That's, that's all I asked for. I'm, I'm not I'm not saying get him off the team. I'm not saying he's bad. I'm not saying anything. Just Jeff, please play better, man. Because against a guy that he was on a practice squad, he was like their fifth receiver. I don't know if he was practice squad, but yeah, he wasn't. He's not a high end guy by any means. That's inexcusable. I don't care if you're having the worst day, bad day. There's no way. Elite corners letting that happen to him. Sauce Gardner won't let a guy, their fifth receiver, do that to them. Neither would Jalen Ramsey. Neither none of the top corners will let any of that ever happen. That guy's a complete like he's their fifth receiver, and he was completely having his way with Jeff, which is inexcusable. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Hopefully, he'll get better. We'll see what happens, but like. We'll see. Another player that I kind of want to talk about too, and he's a rookie, but he's kind of been up and down and more down lately than up is Kirby Joseph. In general, just a secondary yesterday other than Jerry Jacobs. I mean, you give him an F all across the board. I think Jerry was the only guy who showed up, like who played, Jerry not did. showed up, who played consistent. The other guys were kind of like up and down. They were making plays, but then they were also like. Elliot was pretty rough yesterday. I don't know. I don't know. 
Kirby wasn't great. Yeah, he more. I thought it was like, well in his limited. What he played like when, those yeah, when Elliot got hurt. Yeah, when Elliot got hurt and CJ Moore came in. Yeah, he, he, he was looked there. Good. For, I mean, he's looked almost, good so far. Almost made a play too at one point. I think uh, it was like a PBU or bad pass. So you know, he, he, he's solid. He's a good. Spe- he's a really good special teams he's guy. He's fast. That's why he has speed. So that's what I like about yeah. him. That's what made him stay on his roster, man. I think that speed saved him. Well, like he got he got waived, injured, and then they just brought him back. Uh, like well, he, he went to Houston's practice squad for like a week or two. I, I don't know if you guys heard this about CJ Moore. It's actually a good story. He um, told his agent he wants to come back to Detroit because he knew what we were building here, and he called Brad Holmes, his agent, CJ Moore's agent, and. That, that's how they made it work. Brad Holmes is like, okay, we'll bring him back. You know, we'll, if he's healthy, you know, we like CJ. We like him as a player. And that's how they brought him back. And that's how he's back on the roster right now. Do you, do you see that, man? Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. yeah. Do you see that? And then, that's small waves. Like, you know, CJ Moore is obviously not a crucial player by any means. He's not like a, a big hall, hall market name by any means, right? But like, that's still like small things you see. And like, I, I think that's what we kind of just talked about a very little, like a little bit ago. Like, free agents are going to be attracted to come here. That is awesome, man. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, I, I did not I, know that. I knew that, but it's a pretty cool story. I, and his brother also, like AJ Moore, plays for the Texans. So, yeah, and he said, yeah. "No, I still want to play in Detroit." Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's pretty what's cool. Up, man. Yeah, yeah, man, that's really that's very cool, man. Yeah, and he's I, I, he, and, 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 and he's turned it around. You know, he even got a game ball the other day or a couple of weeks ago with the line. I think it was the Minnesota game. You know, when he had the big punt return. Um, he sure did. Or the punt fake, whatever, right? Uh, yeah, he, he got he got a game ball that that week, and he's played really well since coming in. And they trust him a lot. The, the first injury at the safety position, he was the first guy they called up to, you know, fill in that role. They didn't go to Melifano; they went to him. Yeah, trust. Um, I want to say one thing. A lot of people say the Lions need a linebacker. I don't really see it as a need anymore. Maybe if you want to draft a guy late, like for depth purposes. I think we have our starters for now and the future. And I think we have our top backup or starterish player. He's hurt right now also. I think we have three linebackers that are starter material level. Like, you know what I mean? Anzalone, yeah. Rodrigo. I'm, I'm, with, I'm with you. I don't think they have Barnes. to address it. Yeah, I don't think they have to address the position very early. If they want to go out and bring another guy in free agency, I think that's fine. But I think overall this unit's good. Rodrigo is just – you know, I, I think the question with Rodrigo for me was coming into the year. I know he got oh, the starting right. job. I, I know he impressed the coaches, but like, was he just a guy that was just getting the job because all the guys sucked? And I, I think he's proved this year that he's not that. He's more than just a guy. He didn't just get the job because all our other guys suck. You know, he's actually earned it. He's played really well, and he's reliable. I, I love Malcolm Rodriguez. He's came a really reliable player and a re- really reliable starter for this football team. So I'm with you. I don't think it's a very big need compared to other positions. No, it's not, man. It's not something that they have to force. Now, if something happens and before it just lands in their lap – like say like there's a guy in the free agency that's like I want to go to Detroit like shit hey come on board you right. know yeah um, yeah like if it's like a major upgrade major upgrade you know that's something that happens you, you don't have to force it now you know because you have a solid core there that you know you can just ride it out next season and be, still be productive so you don't have to force it you, Detroit's in good hands now there is some position that we should address that they do need to force um, we we all know the interior and I think cornerback is obviously the two positions that they really need to address. Two biggest and, needs on the team, in my opinion: cornerback, interior defensive lineman. Yeah, and I would say interior offensive line potentially too, if they want to get a long term guy. Yeah, yeah, but like that's like I feel like you know the third not really on the paid, second yeah, round, really, yeah. third round. You just find a guy, you yeah. plug him in there. 
And it seems like it always works for us, not kind of wood. We haven't really yeah. had like a guy who busted out. I mean, Lakin, but like that's that was forever ago, and he's he's a solid that player. Smart man, right now. <laughs> um, yeah. But hold up, I want I want to give credit to a coach too, because this guy doesn't really get that much credit. We always talk about Ben Johnson, we always talk about Hank Fraley, but this is a guy we don't talk about, and it's still on the defensive side, Calvin Shepard, because this was a unit defense or linebacker wise that we questioned a lot coming in with the talent they came in with, and. Essentially, every guy he's really plugged in this year, if that is Malcolm Rodriguez, if that is Alex Andaloni, if that is Derek Barnes, if that's Chris Board, if that's Jared Davis, you haven't seen like a linebacker get completely lost, especially when they've got this little winning streak going right now and played some really good football. Like the linebackers played really well, and he's he's used all these guys. You know, we've seen Davis get a couple snaps. We've seen Board get a couple snaps, and they make plays when they're in. So Calvin Shepard, that's a coach that deserves a lot of credit for what he's doing with his position group right now. Yeah, he's a guy who really knows his personnel, which is really good because he uses them all to their strength. Like, you see Chris Board in there if on a passing down, if he need him to cover a tight end or maybe trailer or running back, because he's their best, I think he's probably their best cover linebacker. So you'll see him on those plays. You know, you won't see him on rushing early rushing downs. You'll see, you know, the, he'll have, you know, Alex as alone or Malcolm or Malcolm and um, or Derek Barnes or Derek Barnes and um, Alex. So this is the way he's using his personnel. He really knows the guy, his guy's strength, and he's getting the best out of those guys, man, which is awesome. Yeah, for sure. I personally see him, like, if we lose Glenn, I see him as the future defensive coordinator on this team. Like, 100%. he's a smart – yeah, he's, he's a smart guy, like – you see it too. I mean, we saw it during Hard Knocks, the way he talks to his players. Like, he's not scared to call him out. He's like, if I have to play a fucking rookie over you guys, I will. That's how he said He said it something like that. I forgot how he said it. He's like, I will. And he was like showing Rodrigo's tape to like Jared Davis, who's like a f- six-year player or whatever. Fifth-year, six-year player, right? And they're like, yeah. damn. And the players were like, wow, he's right. Like, I got to step up my game. So, like, he knows how to motivate guys too. Like, I, I love that about him. Yeah. No, for sure. And – and that's gonna that's gonna be interesting to see like if Glenn does go ever. I, I think we'll probably have another road there in Glenn just because of how bad the defense was early on the point. They'll probably I don't think he, he gets a job this often, but we'll see. I wouldn't be shocked. Um and to see who gets the next defensive coordinator job, it could potentially be like a chef. I wouldn't be surprised by that. I think the only thing that I would be a little concerned about is how is he as a play caller because we just have never seen that before and, but that was the same thing with Aaron Glenn in New Orleans he was never a play caller he was a DB's coach Lions took a shot on him and you know he saw a good year last year saw a very rough patch this year and then it's gotten back to a, a decent standpoint right now or even Ed Johnson man they were losing him yeah let's talk about stuff yeah let's, let's talk about offense and Ben Johnson right now you, got, you guys think he's a goner we're, I mean, bro, like big chance. Let's be realistic. The the two hottest names in the three hottest names right now are Shane Steichen, the Eagles offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson, Lions offensive coordinator, uh, D'Amico Ryan's the Niners defensive coordinator. Those yeah, are the yeah. three hottest names right now. And they're the young coaches too. And every, like everyone's looking for that next Sean McVay, the next Kyle Shanahan. That's probably Ben and Shane Steichen for you, right? And then if you want a young defensive guru, whatever you want to call it, D'Amico Ryan's great defensive coordinator. So. I feel like those three right now are going to get hired in the next coaching cycle. Yeah, it just it just is what it is, man. Um, they're they're too good right now, and I mean, pretty much everybody's seeing like what he's doing in these clutch moments and how he's being so creative with these plays. Panay Sewell play, um, the the Brock Wright play last week. I mean, 
it's, it's being highlighted. So there, everybody in the national media is seeing this. So the coaching, the the the, the general managers, they're all, they're all seeing this. Okay, can we talk I about that right play, play, Malcolm? I, I, I want to talk I, about that. I was going to say that. Yeah, you know that play is unbelievable because if you put into context, like in the beginning of that drive, Brock Ray has a, a terrible drop, right? A terrible yeah. drop, and then you know it's fourth and inches. The game's at the line right here. If you don't pick this up, the, the game is essentially over. You only have one timeout left. It there's over. Like, there's like a minute and some, right? So the game's over if you don't pick up that first down, right? Um, they call a timeout. And Ben Johnson, for two consecutive weeks, earns his back when he really needs to call a play. He puts Amon Ra on a little shift. He has uh, Brock Wright just slip out, butt naked wide open. Brock Wright catches the ball. And not only just catches the ball and goes down, you know, and gets the first down, he cuts up for 51 yards and scores a freaking touchdown. And that's unbelievable, man. So Try to tell people he's not slow. Try to tell people he's not slow. He's not. You want to know why the defense – didn't cover Brock Ray. So during the game, they kept putting Amon Ra in motion and the ball kept going to him. Yeah. So obviously your defensive coordinator, and even as a fan, you think, all right, this is probably going to be Amon Ra, St. Brown here, or Jamal oh, Williams right. run. Yeah. That's what we were thinking, right? Like as fans, Brandon John's like, no, no. He did that last week too. I'm going to put Sewell in motion. We're, we've been running the ball with this. Like, no, no, no. We're, we're going to pass to Sewell. So this is what Ben Johnson does. His little smart ass, what he does, right? He puts Amon Ra in motion, and everyone in the building, when they see Amon Ra in motion, except the Lions coaches and players, think it's going to go to Amon Ra St. Brown. I personally thought, I thought it was going to be like one of those little outs they ran earlier in the game. You know how he runs in and then out towards the sideline? I thought it was going to be one of those plays. But no, it was not. Brock Wright, this is how, this is how amazing Ben Dotson is. They've, he's like, you know what? Fuck that. I'm going to give it to Brock Wright. I was going to think he's going to go to him. Brock Wright's going to be wide open. The guy is like, I don't know what the word is for it, but he's calling plays. Um, forgot the word for it, bro. He's calling the, plays early in the game where they're not giving the player, but when the biggest moment in the game comes, he's willing to give that guy the ball. No, but there's well, like a word for it. Uh, yeah, I don't know the exact word, but we, I get what you're saying, man. So he, what he's doing is showing – he's showing the defense what they've been studying all week. He's yeah. showing the plays that they studied all week. So they're seeing this formation. They're like, all right, I, the defense is like, all right, I know what's coming. Because they studied this play all week. Yeah. But then they, when the play actually comes, it's something the complete opposite. And the, the good, the, the the great thing about that play, I mean, I'm not sure anybody notices this, is with Brock Wright. So what Brock Wright does in that play is he starts off as a blocker. So he yep. blocks his guy for like three seconds. And then he releases and then he just trails off to, you know, to the flats, to the left side. And he's wide open. Um, and that was just a phenomenal play by Ben Johnson, man. And that's the type of play... I was expecting us, you know, those other plays, the other games, and I don't want to get too far into it when we should have closed our games, but we end up throwing a bomb to DJ Shark yes. or a bomb to, jo- to, to, to um, Josh Reynolds or stuff like that. These are the type of plays where I was expecting us to run. Instead of chucking up a bomb to, you know, a, a 40 yard bomb and shit like that. Like, I get it. It's, he he should have, if he gone for through a perfect pass, he would have got it. But these are the type of plays that he should have run, and we probably would have won those games. But. Ben Johnson's doing a hell of a job, man. I'm just telling you right now. Ben Johnson's doing a hell of a job. That was a great play. And then Brock Wright, man. Get a tip your hats off to Brock Wright because everybody expect Brock Wright to be this blocking tight end. But, I mean, I knew coming out that he, he has some wheels. I mean, you look at his 40 time, he, he ran a 4-6. Yeah. As a tight end, that's pretty, that's pretty fast for a tight end. So, he's not this, he's, yeah, he's a blocking tight end, but he has some wheels. And you saw that. 
he saw that on Sunday, man. Yeah, and you know, with these tight ends as well, you gotta give credit to Josh Reynolds on that play too. A great block to lead to the touchdown as well. He, he Justin had a Jackson block too. And Justin Jackson too. Justin Jackson, man. I know we talk about him, but he like we have to talk about him more, dude. He's been really good for this football team. A great addition, a late addition for this football team, and he's been a really good RB three for this team. And sometimes even getting like RB two snaps, he's been really good for this team. If he doesn't pick up that blitz, Jerry Goff is probably sacked. The game is over. That was yeah. a huge blitz pickup by Justin Jackson. I mean, just the little small things, right? Pick up by Justin Jackson, Josh Reynolds, blitz. Like everyone just yeah. does their job. O line, O line, holding up. Like it's it's great to see it. The Lions have trust in all their players. Doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you're drafted. If you're on the field, we trust you, and you're gonna make a play. Like bro, who what the hell would have thought? I need a game on that. I'm giving it to Brock fucking right. Yeah. After dropping a pass, Ben was like, no, no, no. This is what we're going to do. We're going to sneak you in there. All right. And you're going to get a touchdown for us. And, and man. I said, who would have thought he actually would have scored too? Like, it was one thing picking up the first down, but he ended up just going all the way. He scored the touchdown. Like, it's one thing to pick up the first down. He gets out of bounds, right? But then you just see all this green field. It's like, holy shit. It's like, oh, let me go run. And then, you know, you got Josh Reynolds down with you. You know, he, he gets the good block there and then the leads to the touchdown as well. I mean, you know, I think even Dan Campbell says, like, you know, when we call the play, we expect the first down. We didn't expect the touchdown. The Reynolds block really led to that at the end of the time, you know, when Rowan Wright was running. And they said during, awesome, and they said during the broadcast that, like, Amon Ross St. Brown told the announcers were, like, they love to block because they get the DBs tired that way, too. If they're physical yeah. with them, yeah. they get tired. And I and I love that attitude, man. That just, that just shows you, like, that's Campbell's attitude right there. Yeah. Like, tough, grit, whatever you want to call it. I, I think uh, we have two guys right now, too, and you've seen it by Brad Holmes draft picks. Amon Ross and Brown, obviously, he just admitted that he loves to, you know, run a block. And J-Mo. he said he's had, you know, and J-Mo's going to get to him as well. That, that's the two guys. Like, that's the two guys Brad Holmes drafted, and those guys take a lot of pride in run blocking because I think Amon Ross said, and it's, it's a great example. He goes, I have been on the other side where these guys don't run block for me and I'm getting killed, you know? So I, I take extra pride for run blocking when my receivers are running, my tight ends are running, or my running backs are running, whoever it is. Uh, he said, because yeah, I've been on the other side of it where I'm not getting good blocks and I and, you know, and I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that teammate. And Tyler, yeah. when veterans see that on the team list, maybe they're not the best blockers. Like, holy shit, this secular player or this rookie is blocking like this? Damn, yeah. I got to set my game up too or they'll take my job, you know? Like, yeah. That, that's it makes, it makes the whole team better, adds more competition, it makes you more tougher. And DBs don't don't like that at all. Like no DBs likes to get pushed like five yards down the field. No yeah, one likes that. It's not fun. I, th- I think the casual fan, I, you know, they, they don't see that because they only look at the receptions. Like, oh, Amon Ra had five catches. That's great. But like majority of it is run blocking. Like that's what he's doing most of the game. You know, that that's what he's on the field for most of the time. Like he's only gets five, six catches a game, right? That's his average. And that's really that's a good day. But the, what, what is he doing when he's not getting those catches? He's run blocking most of the time for his other receivers or his running backs. So, like, there's, a, like, a, a big – that's why Brad Holmes loves that. That's why he drafts those type of players because that's what you're doing majority of the game. That's what you're doing majority of the game. Another player that actually had a sneaky good game, man, on a very limited role, Andre Swift. And he, he was our best running back um, this week. He had eight, eight carries, 52 yards, a six-point – 6.5 yards per carry. He was very limited, but he was clearly our best running back, man. What you got? Uh, what you got thoughts on that? I personally was that impressed. Maybe running the ball, I was, but as a receiver, he was not good yesterday. Um, I don't know what's wrong with him, man. Like he had a drop 
on a crucial, I think it was second down or whatever, third down. Like if he had that, he's probably running and getting like more than a first down, right? Yeah. His vision yeah, he, he has not. A few drops. His vision has not been good. He's he's running into defenders. He's not running away from defenders. I I don't know what's wrong with him. Um, he doesn't look like a third year player. He looks like a rookie, to be honest. I just hope he fixes it. If he doesn't, I feel like the Lions. They need another running back for next year. I don't think that you could trust on Swift to be that guy next year. I feel like you need a true running back next year. I don't know if that's to the draft. I personally don't like, like drafting them high, free agency, whatever it is. But you, you need to add something to that room because Swift right now, he ain't it. I don't know what happened to those first few weeks that we saw out of him. But we just haven't seen that explosiveness. We haven't seen that vision he showed. Shit, we haven't even seen that patience he showed. He's stuttering now. He doesn't know where to go. Then he's getting tapped for loss or he's running to a linebacker. We just haven't seen that DeAndre Swift that we saw the first few weeks. Yeah, I think I think I think you can almost even make the argument that Jackson's played better than him in this stretch of games. That's fair to say. Yeah, yeah definitely. But this game he averaged six point five yards per carry. Wait, carrying the ball he wasn't that bad. He did have a few drops, which were ugly drops. But as far as running the ball, he was uh, as far as running the ball, he was the best running back. How many carries did he get? He had eight. eight I carries. mean, sure, right? He had eight like, for fifty-two yards, six point five yards per carry. That's, that's pretty, pretty good. But like with him, like we expect more though. Like the passing, he has to catch those balls, yeah. man. You know, like he de- definitely does. That's bro. That the coaching staff doesn't even trust him as much. They're not playing him anymore, bro. They're barely playing him. Like, yeah, they I don't think, have the faith they had in him they had in the first few weeks. They don't. Let's look at the I'm snap sure count. Let me look at the snap count. Uh, I'm going to pull this up. Justin Rogers always post this. Hold up. All right, got it right here. All right, snap count offensively for the running back. So, DeAndre Swift led the backfield with the most uh, snaps. He had 27 snaps. Jackson right behind him with 22, and then Jamal Williams right behind Jackson at 21. So it like this is a true committee right now. It's very even right now. It's very split. Right, but like week one, it was like maybe like 70% Swift and like 30% Jamal or something like that. Right now, it's like they don't trust like Swift as much as they did. Yeah, I mean you're seeing that. Like you're seeing Jackson get more of a, a workload recently. And right. This was the Vikings game. Offensively, it was Jamal Williams had the most carries at running backs. He had 26. Swift at 25. Jackson 20. Like like this is a true committee right now. Like it they're is. using all three of those yeah. backs right now. Yeah. So this is yeah this is like the system kind of like how San Francisco ran. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the, the only difference with San Francisco I would say is that. They usually find that one running back per game. Like you don't know who it's going to be, but it's they always with one it. running back, and they kind of roll with the hot hand for that game. Yeah. With the Lions, it's a true committee. Like you're seeing a very even split with all three yeah. backs in these games. So it's a little different. Well, we haven't really seen a hot hand either. Like to be honest, like maybe we see a couple of runs from him that are good, a couple of runs from him. But we haven't that's really seen the guy like That's what I'm saying with crazy. Detroit. They, it, it's been a true committee with San Francisco. It's one hot hand usually yeah. they figure out during that game. Like they'll find it on the first second quarter, then they're gonna write with that in the second half. With the Lions. You know, you, you've seen all three guys use and very evenly. Right. I wonder what they're going to do with um, – what's his name? Who they just um, activated from – Reynolds. Yeah, man. Right, Reynolds. I mean uh, – How are they going to um, 
give like is he gonna get snapped? Is he like is he gonna come in and be a healthy scratch or is he gonna as of right now for my decision I would just keep how it is. I'd keep him as he was a healthy scratch last week. I know he just came off IR, yeah. but he was good enough to to play and you know, they, they made him inactive. I don't think you need four running backs. And I think Justin Jackson offers more special teams because he's your kick returner right now. Yeah. So I, I would just leave it how it is. If an injury happens, then you get Craig to rely on. But I, I would keep Craig as a, as a healthy scratch right now for the, the, for the time being. It makes sense. We'll see what they do. I wouldn't be shocked if they just activate all four of them and just give them, like, for example, they use Swift and Justin Jackson together a lot. I mean, what if who, they have three who, backs who you, at who, once? Who would you make an active at that point? Because you have to take someone for his spot. I don't know. Like, it just depends on injuries and stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm we'll see. Like, if, you, if you have the same person like you did last week, uh, I, I don't know where you who you make an active to put Craig in. I just don't think it's worth it right now for me. I mean, I, I don't know. I got to, like, I think every game is just different. It depends on the game and stuff. Like, who's healthy, who's not. You know, yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I just think four running backs is a lot. I don't think you need four running backs in a game, but we'll see. Like you said, uh, one more thing before we get to oopsie doopsie and ball of the week, we have to give this guy a lot of credit. Special teams and offensively, Khalif Raymond. Call him Khalif Raymond. It's not Khalif. Khalif Raymond. Yeah. What a day for for Raymond, man. Five receptions for this team. Power return touchdown. He's just been a sneaky, a sneaky good player for this team. And me and Malcolm were talking about it before the show started. It's like, I love this role that Raymond's in right now. Like, he's not your number one. He's not your number two. He's not even your number three. Like, he's his number four slash number five right now. He's in that punt returning role right now. This is the best version you're going to get out of him. And it gives me vibes of that Jamal Agnew. But I would say he even has more offensive upside than what Agnew was here. And I love it. I love this role that he's in right now. And believe it or not, he's second in receiving yards on the team. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. And and is that total receiving yards? Uh, I it was one of the beat writers tweeted out. I forgot who, but like I trust him. It was like one of the really good guys, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Yeah, Khalif Raymond. Like he's not just a returner. He leads. He's second in receiving yards with the team." I do. Yeah, that just that just shows you how banged up we were. That just shows how banged up we were. And even when they're healthy, bro. Like yesterday. He was making plays with the guys yeah. all healthy, everyone healthy. He's yeah. making plays. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, man. I think like as like an option, or he's like the third, the fourth, or fifth option on the team. I mean, the Lions are dangerous. <laughs> if you have Khalif Raymond as your fourth or fifth option at that point, yeah, we're really dangerous. He's gonna get some. He's gonna get some balls because you know the, the coverage that he's gonna probably gonna be seeing, man. It's not gonna be the top corner or second corner, third corner. You know, maybe play. He might be have. He might have a safety on front of him. Who knows, man. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's gonna be good for him going forward, man. Well, they, yeah, they mixed it. Yeah, yeah. they, oh, they mixed it up with their guys. You know, they had JMO, they had Reynolds, and then Raymond. It wasn't necessarily like they had four or five receivers out there. It was just that he was sometimes the third receiver on the field to, at certain times in that game. I believe yeah. JMO only had thirteen snaps. If I'm not mistaken. Thirteen, right? Yeah, earlier. Yeah, yeah. So 13. they're still easing him in. Um, man, that throw would have been nice. Oh my god, that would have been beautiful. Not really yeah, nice. yeah, it would have it, it would have been. It's all right. Hopefully they uh, they work on that during practice and maybe they'll hit on the. Yeah, we won the football game. If we didn't win the football game, then yes, I would be living right been, now. That would have been the talk of the town. I already know. I mean, probably. It would have been. I already know. It, it would have been. We would have been hearing. We need another quarterback. We need a quarterback during the 
Jared Goff can't throw deep all day. <laughs> we escape. We, we, we take it. We take it. It's like a week by week thing with Jared Goff, man. We escape. One minute he's cool. One minute, oh yeah, a couple. They lose the game. Is we need to get rid of this guy. We need another quarterback, man. Let's just get this guy out of town. Hey, though, yeah. the locker room. He only threw, he only threw J-Mo. <laughs> the, the locker room is behind him, man. The, the players are – I mean, the Lions social media, like, posted that meme, don't be hating with, like, the red eyes on him on that one thing. Yeah. The players posted it on their stories. Like, you see the fan, he, he, too? He's quarterback. He's their freaking quarter. Like, he's their quarterback. The players love him. The coaching staff, they trust him now. I mean, they didn't really necessarily trust him as much when he was here. Now, they're – I'll say this. They're winning because of him. They're not winning, like, in spite of him. If that makes – like, they're winning because of the way Jared Goff played. Like, he hasn't thrown a pick in the last six games. Yeah, it's been He's making plays when you need them. Like, he made that throw to Sewell. He made that play to Brock Wright. He's – uh his pocket presence has greatly improved. He's not taking stupid sacks. I don't think he's been sacked the past two, three games. Maybe he has once or something. I don't ten, know. Ten, ten quarters. Ten quarters, bro. The past ten, ten quarters. quarters th- thank you. He hasn't been sacked the past ten quarters. I mean, the guy is, is playing out of his mind. But also, so are his receivers and so is the O-line. So I've, everyone as a group is playing well. But your offense is not this good without Jared Goff playing this good. I mean, you have to give credit where it's due. And right now, the lines were like like 10 and like 4 or whatever. I don't know the exact right. But like, say they were like they lost like only three or four games. He'd be in the MVP conversation. Yeah, he probably would have. <laughs> yeah, just be thinking. I mean, Lions fans, just be thankful what you have, man. Your quarterback could be Zach uh, Zach Wilson right now. And that's what you boys wanted. <laughs> hey, man, yeah, man. Yeah. I'll say this: you saw what happens when you play to his strengths yesterday. That's all I'd say. He throws a crazy interception. To, what's his name? Jerry Jacobs. <laughs> <laughs> no, not that. It's like. Like when, he, when he uses his arm, when he uses his arm, and he gets out of the pocket, and he throws those deep bombs. That that's what he did. That that's what he excelled at BYU. Like his arm strength. He obviously his yeah, intermediate and short throw accuracy is really fucking bad. He's to improve on that. I can't I can't pinpoint what's what's going on with him. And this deep ball is not even that great, man. It just our coverage was so hideous. Only one that was really nice was the Uzama one. The Uzama, the touchdown. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was the only one. That was the only one that was like on the money. Hit him right on strive. That was the only one. The other ones, receivers had to stop, come back for the ball. And yeah, it was throw bad. It wasn't like on stride. Just like the last play of the game, or the second last play of the game, though. With just, Elijah Moore, he just threw that I shit up. <laughs> I can't pinpoint what is wrong with him though, because he has a, he has a strong arm. His arm is not weak, but you see him missing an underthrow, like a, 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 a he like some a check down. Yeah. Like what are you doing? Yeah, he's not accurate, but he has a nice deep ball. I think that's that's how I feel about him. I don't even think he has a nice deep ball. I I mean, what he showed yesterday, bro, he went out of the pocket, he made those off play like he 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 made some amazing throws yesterday. You gotta watch I'm telling you, those plays, he only had that one deep pass that he got the guy he put the ball in stride. The other passes I mean, those are plays easily. If the receivers were like our receivers back in, early in the season where they didn't see the ball, those are easy picks. Because the receivers had to stop, come back for the ball, and jump, get the ball. I mean, it wasn't like he hit it and he was guys to try. Yeah, that's, that's okay. yeah, except that Uzama one, the first one. That was the only I don't one. Know. Yeah. Um, but his, I'll tell you, his intermediate short stuff, I mean, his accuracy, even his medium throws. Not I mean that that's intermediate <laughs> basically. What am I saying? I mean his short intermediate throws. I mean, bro, he throws it over their head. He, they're inaccurate. They're wrong. It's, I've, it's, I've seen a play that he was trying to throw the ball out of bounds. He was trying to get rid of the ball and trying to throw it out of bounds. 
then you throw it right to the DB. <laughs> yeah. Even the one, I mean, we, we bailed him out one time where Michael Carter really bailed him out. We should have another. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That, that should have been an interception. Yeah, yeah, that should have been an interception. And, and, yeah. and that should be a grateful position for the Lions. Like, that should be at the very minimum three points for the Lions right there. They uh, they got to play the ball better when it's in the air, man. It's not just Jeff. It's a lot of them. Like, we're gonna that Elliott, yeah. Yeah, that's right. It's not just Jeff that's not playing the ball in the air. Can yeah. I give another shout out? Because people, like, seems like every game just bring up something with this guy. Dan Campbell hasn't really made any coaching mistake the past what I don't know how many weeks, but I he's say, I would say since the bye week outside the Packers game, maybe you could have some questionable ones. There was some questionable ones in this game. I think we didn't really talk about. We don't have that much time, so I don't want to go too deep into it. But I think there's some questionable calls that you could maybe question what he did in that game versus the Jets. The, the field goal, really? The field goal, I mean, the, field, the, the field goal one. I was going to talk about the, the deep. I mean, field. No. The, the 50, fifty-four yards. I, yeah. I think he just had trust in his kicker. I mean, I, I was okay with it personally, honestly. I was too. Like, he, I mean, he's he's looked good, I guess, in practice and warm ups, whatever. Right? Let's let's throw him out there. Uh, that kicker ain't it, in my opinion, bro. Like I've Imagine. seen. A, I mean, I don't think he's the long term guy. Like he could be the short term oh, bridge kicker, whatever you want to call it. He's just. I don't think. Here, he's we, go. No, no, Here we go. No, no, they're gonna make competition for him next year for sure. I don't think he's secure for a job. I, I don't view him as a long-term game. kicker. If you want to sign to a one-year deal, a bridge kicker, whatever you want to call it, he's not. He's not a guy where you give like a three or four-year deal to. No, he, not right now. No, not right now. No, I think you need to give him a kicking. Give him bring another guy in, have a kicking competition, see what happens. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, flip-flopping all these kickers. That's probably right that's now. probably what's gonna be though. You know, you're gonna you're gonna address in the training camp, and you're gonna that's how you're gonna have it. You're gonna have He's your guy for the year. Bring an undrafted guy in. Those guys always like seem to work out in the league. Will Lutz, Harrison Bucker. I think Justin Tucker was undrafted. All those guys. So undrafted could be a draft pick. We'll, the we'll draft guys. No, I feel like the draft guys have pressure on them, bro. They miss when they're drafted. Like they're not as good. I don't know. In general, maybe I mean I might be overthinking. That's, I don't know. that's just like I feel like it's overthinking at that point. <laughs> if you like the kicker, you draft the kicker. Well, you remember they do the Tampa Bucks took a the yeah second they took a second round. round of, like, that dude is like bouncing from team to team like every week. Seems like he's on different pack squad every week or something. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. No. I mean, speaking about coaching, uh, coaching decisions, man. I was gonna. Did you guys see the, the Robert Sala fourth quarter time management? Yeah, it was rough. Yes, it was bad. That's rough. That was probably the worst time management I've ever seen in just watching football. Mine was Jeff Saturday that one game uh, a couple of years ago. Steelers. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was awful. Yeah, that was terrible. <laughs> Even last Saturday versus the Vikings was really bad. <laughs> yeah, it was. He's not yeah. an NFL coach. Oh, he's not an NFL head coach. Maybe he's an NFL coach, but he's not a head coach. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he's yeah he he just said he was he's not ready to coach NFL man. He, I mean, maybe he's an O line coach, assistant coach. He's he's not he's not the head guy. <laughs> that's so that's why you got that's why you're supposed to work your way up, man. You can't just hire a guy off the off the couch and say coach his football team. Yeah, <laughs> that's why everybody was freaking out with the Texans when they, they were about it. to hire what's his name Jeff McCown. Josh yeah, Josh McCown. Josh McCown. Yeah, like, yeah, Josh McCown. That's what I'm saying. Like they, you can't just. You can't just say, okay, yeah, he's a nice guy. Yeah, bring him on. No coaching experience, no nothing, man. You got to work your way up, bro. 33-0 lead. Oh, like, I don't even know. Never mind. Yeah, whatever. This is, not a, this is yeah. not a fight. Colts pod, whatever. Man, Vikings Matt, Matt Ryan, dude. Wrong side of history twice. <laughs> man, that's, that's so tough, man. Yeah, biggest Fuck. comeback in the regular season, biggest comeback in Super Bowl history, but the wrong side of both times. God damn, that sucks, bro. Yeah, for sure. 
That's right. yeah, it's not no, it's not good. Yeah, no, but Robert Sala, yeah, that was some rough coaching at the end of the game. But we are not New York media, so we don't have to worry about that. So let's do a rip stoops, let's do our ball of the week and let's head out of here. So oopsie doopsie of the week. Sad song for you on the world's smallest violin. This is a good one, you know. It's 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 this one's a little easier decision compared to the last couple weeks because the last couple weeks have been rough. Malcolm's had to do it for me, and I, I don't, yeah, they've been rough because they've been having so many good performances. There hasn't been really one single guy you could pick out. This one, you know, wasn't a completely clean game, so you could point out to some certain groups. I'm gonna give it to the DBs this game, uh, excluding Jerry Jacobs. I think every DB had a really rough game, and I think they get the honor of being oopsie doopsie of the week. But hey, you got you got the win. You got an opportunity to bounce back versus Carolina, so you know, they, they take it lightly. This oopsie doopsie is not one of those cruel ones where I go hard on you. So I'm giving it to the DBs though, excluding Jerry Jacobs. Well deserved. I like Here, it. What do you got for ball of the week? Minus Kylie Freeman. I like oh. it. Oh, <laughs> are you surprised? All right. Um, he he made the play when he needed to the touchdown. Second in receiving yards. Seems like every time his number is called, he's just making plays. Six targets, five catches. Um, yo. Take, take this to the house. He, he's always been so close. It seems like always that one blocker. Just needs and to he break finally one. hit it. He finally hit it this week. He's always breaks it, but he never gets takes it to the house. He finally, the, the blocks were there, and he broke it and took it to the house, right? So, man, shout out to Khalif Raymond. Like Campbell called him. He's the Iron Man. He got the game ball from Campbell, and he gets my baller of the week. Let's go. I like it. Raymond deserves it for sure. Yeah. All right, guys. Hope you guys all enjoyed this show of us breaking down the Jets game. Another victory for the Lions. Another victory Monday. And how about we just stack these up a couple more? We got three more of these bad boys. We got an opportunity to play for the playoffs. Big game in Carolina. We're going to break down that game later in the week. So stay tuned for that. With that being said, that's all I got for you guys. I'm out, guys. Peace. All right, guys. I'll see you guys later in the week covering the Panthers. Peace. All right, y'all. It's your boy Malcolm, and I am out. Peace. Five-star review, bitches. is in the air at Littleton Coin Company and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.